Hey guys, it's Lance. Today on the show is a special guest, Dr. Matt Robinson. Matt is a personal friend of mine, an above average father himself, and an experienced pharmacist. Matt joined me to talk about a few things in the pharmacy and medicine worlds and how they specifically affect big families like yours and mine. We cover a lot of ground, including how to save money on prescriptions, how to keep your family safe when meds are in the house, and the overall value of getting to know your pharmacist. When it comes down to it, this episode is all about keeping your family safe and healthy and saving time and money. So with that said, let's jump in. Well, hello, hello. You are listening to Above Average, the podcast for big families. I'm Lance Osborne, and I'm here with Matt Robinson, today's guest. And we're going to get awesome up in here, Matt. What do you think? What's up, Lance? Good to be here. Matt yeah. is here in my, uh, my, my home office. My, I mean, my recording studio. <laughs> the man cave. <laughs> we were just talking about recording techniques. And I was like, yeah, you know, the mic, just kind of kind of be on it. It's really not that big of a deal. Like, we're pretty relaxed around here. But, you know, if you got to breathe in, kind of move off to the side. And I said, have you seen the chocolate rain video? And I said, no, I have not. <laughs> but now I have. So if you haven't seen Chocolate Rain by Tay Zonde on the YouTubes, please go check it out. It's got, well, I don't know, you know, a bazillion hits. And it, it's very interesting because at one point he pulls away to breathe while he's singing his, his song, Chocolate Rain. He pulls away. He actually notes on the video that he's pulling away from the mic yes, so he that does. he can breathe in. <laughs> so just so you know, that's what Matt's doing. And th that's what Lance is doing here on Above Average today. Anytime I need to breathe in, I'm going... And then I'm breathing in, and then I come back to the microphone. Okay, that that completely derailed exactly where we were going. We're going to get really serious. That's that's the point of the show, right? That's what we're doing. Okay, so it's not serious in the sense that, you know, this is going to be a really dry show, I hope, just because Matt's a good time. I will but, not. make it. I will not make it dry. <laughs> so what we're talking about is uh, medications and pharmacy care, which, okay, let's be real. It's not the most exciting thing in the world. I think we said this on the car seat show, which was awesome. It, it was good. I listened to it. I listened thank you. To it. It good. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. But the reason that we're talking about this stuff, okay, kind of two reasons. You know, So this is the podcast for big families, right? My family, we've got five kids, Matt and his wife, Kelly, they've got four kids. We're kind of in this big family stuff and doing pretty much anything. Sarah and I are looking for ways to save money and ways to save time. And As are we. it would be great to have a good time and it would be great. So that nobody gets sick or killed or whatever along the <laughs> that way. Would, that right? would be nice. Yeah. So out of those four things, um, I'm not sure that having fun is on the list. Maybe maybe it will be again because Matt's here. But we're, we are <laughs> going to talk about how to save money and time by getting to know your pharmacist and knowing some of the kind of uh, medication pro tips that uh, Matt's going to share with us. And again, how to keep your family safe and keep your family healthy. Matt and I know each other from a mutual friend. Actually, Dr. John Phillips. What's up, John? What's up? Hey, hey. Actually, John doesn't get podcasts. Like, and I use get in air quotes. Yeah, he will not listen to this, most likely. <laughs> he, did, he actually didn't listen to his show. John was on the show. Uh, that one was called The Doctor's In. I don't remember the episode number. Just go Google it. Above Average Show, John Phillips. It's there somewhere. Or just listen to all of them until you get there. That I like that. Yeah. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. Yes, yes, that that one definitely makes sense. But anyway, what's up, John? Uh, just in case you are listening. But yeah, John and I know each other, and uh, he introduced me to Matt. 
he, you and John go way back. You've known each other. We do. Since, we grew up you know, in the same 1832? neighborhood. Eighteen thirty-two. Eighteen thirty-two. Okay. Almost. Almost. Okay. Uh, Nineteen. Oh, I mean, when we were two or three years old. I mean, as long as I can remember, we've been friends. That go back to the early eighties. Super cool. Super yeah. cool. So he's a pediatrician. You're a pharmacist. Do you guys talk shop very much? I mean, I know that's kind of a random question. Sometimes, because we sort of speak the same language. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's. You know, we talk medicine and that kind of thing. We talk about treatment a lot, especially for kids, because that's that's what he does and that kind of thing. And, you know, I'll bounce a lot of questions off of him. You know, hey, I had this situation today where this kid was, you know, needed to be treated with this. I thought the dose was just too high. What would you do? And so in that situation, we might talk shop a little bit, but it's yeah. nothing. I mean, usually when we hang out, it's it's not really. And I've kind of been the third wheel to a few of those Sometimes, conversations. Yeah. Every now and then, there's this this beautiful text thread that Matt, John, and I have going <laughs> on. And sometimes I'm like, oh, what are y'all talking about? Look, I've got friends and I've got family in medicine. Um, my father-in-law is a pharmacist. My wife is a pediatric nurse practitioner. We got pediatricians. We got nurses in the family, like extended family. There's a, I'm not that at all. You guys are you know, talking about dosage or whatever. And I'm like, hey, have you heard the new Counting Crows track? Or, you know, whatever. And I'll say <laughs> yes. And John will. You actually fa- will. And John will emphatically say no <laughs> Matt is very well rounded John is very focused he is. When it comes to his he knowledge is. John base. likes what he likes we love John yeah. by the way we uh, do. again and not that it matters because John's gonna he miss will us. not listen to this <laughs> correct <laughs> Uh, so like I said, Matt and I, we've known each other a couple of years now, and we've also gotten to know you and your family as well. Your wife, Kelly, how long have you guys been married? Um, it was 10 years this past September. Yeah, man. Yes, that's correct. Yes, you have to get that <laughs> I was, right. Yeah, I was going through my mind just to make sure. Yeah. Right. Um, this past September, it was 10 years, and um, that has been very fruitful and given us four children, which... Fruitful. Good word for it. Yeah. These, uh, these above average biblical folks. Work. Yes, yep. that's true. That's true. Uh, and I would say most listeners get that too, right? Not not just the biblical connotation, but in the sense that it has bared a lot of fruit and it's sweet and it's fun and it's exciting. And yeah, I, I would it say is. that we Absolutely. get that. Give me, what's the age range on the kids? Um, eight, seven, five, and three. Okay. Holdy's three. Holden is three. I, I, I love all your kids. Yep. Holden though, he's just... <laughs> There's something about when I hang out with you and your family that I'm like, Holden, yeah. Yeah, he's he's the favorite. He's he's my little jokester. But you, you love them all. I do love them all. Yes. So this is the way it works in our family. I'm not sure if it's the same for the Robinsons. We love them all. Sometimes we like some more than than the others. And I hate saying that. It's, it's not like I would let any of them just get lost in the woods. Right. But yeah, like and love are different things. Well, I mean, but, you know, Logan, my oldest son, and because he is my doppelganger, you know, people people <laughs> automatically assume that that uh, that he's my favorite, which is not necessarily the case. But I mean, it's you always like certain things about certain kids and tend to you know get drawn to that and that kind of thing. So, but in what you're saying with Holden, Holden is he seems to be almost everybody's favorite just because he's fun and you could just grab his cheeks and oh just, yeah yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But I he's, understand. He's also the fourth kid, which he I is. don't think this is something that we have talked about on the show. Sarah and I have talked about it. The fourth kid. And we love all the kids. Again, yep. gosh, I always feel bad because I'm afraid Mary's going to be listening in the year 2030 and be like, <laughs> Dad, you said that? what's up with that? Come on. <laughs> but there's something, and I think this is something that's certainly relevant to above average families, is four for us was the tipping point where it went from three kids, which is 
awesome, great, big, busy, right. fun, all that stuff. Four changed the game. And for us, because now that we've got five, fifth, the, the James, when James got here, we're like, <laughs> good luck. We'll see you on the other side, James. You take care of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. But four was the tipping point. And there's something that's associated with that, I think, that makes the fourth kid special or different or unique or whatever, whatever descriptor you want right. to put on it. There's just something about that. So for us, it's Tyler. T-Rock, man, he's just, he's got his own thing going on. Yep. He's my doppelganger a little bit. <laughs> anyway, uh, enough about our kids. I, I just think it's really kind of interesting to go, okay, you know, you've got, you've got the fun one. You've got the interesting one. You've got the sassy one. You've got, who's your wild one in your family? Would that be Holden as well? Holden's the wild <laughs> one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it, it's funny that you've got, you sort of, I don't want to label them, you know, but Logan is the academic. He's the studious one. Graham is the athlete. You know, Holden's the prankster and Caroline's the princess. You hate to label them like that, but that's that's what happens. Yeah, yeah. I don't think those labels have to stick, right? They get, they're a little pliable. Oh, no, and it's People not that Graham's, pliable. you know, not smart or whatever. It's sure. just that football, basketball, that's his thing. You and Kelly, did you guys want a big family or did it just happen? Like, did you guys set out saying, okay, no, we're going to have our two and then be done? Or, well, sh- we both come from a family of two. Um, my mom is one of 10 kids. And so for me, you know, I've seen big families and I've seen a situation where all the love and those kids that get, you know, breed more kids and more kids and that kind of thing and family reunions that are hundreds of people. It's good to see. It it was really fun to grow up in that situation. So for me, I wasn't necessarily didn't have a problem with a big family or anything like that, but it was me and my sister, and so it was nice to see two kids and sort of, not necessarily how easy that was, because my parents would never say it was easy, but I was sort of comfortable with two. Well, she would have had 15 if she <laughs> if she had her preference. And so um, she threw out a number, I think, even before we got married, of six, and I was thinking two. And so we sort of silently settled on four. That's sort of that, why that's we, where you're at now that's where that's what you know that's why we stopped there so it's uh, uh to to be continued i got you yeah. i got you so, so looking back not only with your kids now but also kind of looking back your family growing up lots of aunts and uncles i'm guessing with 10 i mean that's that's the way that would pan out right a lot okay yes, a lot what is something that typical families and i'll use typical instead of average here so that i don't sound condescending sure Something that typical families with fewer kids don't know about bigger families. So whether it's looking kind of up your family tree a little bit or maybe down with your kids, you know, what's something that you would say that they don't know about larger families? Really how much fun. I think looking at from my perspective as, you know, it was me and my older sister. To me, I think when I would see people out there that had, you know, mom and dad and four or five kids, I mean, I would look that and say, that's really intimidating. It, I don't think it really mattered how much fun they were having, you know, but as a, a teenager or a college student or something like that, before I started having a family of my own, it was very, it looked very intimidating. Like, man, that's a lot going on. And that is a total lack of freedom. And, you know, there's nothing that I want to be part of that at all. Um, but the reality is is that it there's so much love and it's so much fun that I, I think that 
you look and you sort of get lost in looking at the chaos when really in that chaos there's so much fun and so much love that I think gets lost that you don't see very much. Man, well said, well said. And I would completely agree yep. because from the outside looking in, you probably see the meltdowns at the grocery store a little bit more. You probably see, I don't know, a larger family trying to send their kids to private school. I'm raising my hand <laughs> and think, how do they do that? Yep. Where's where's that money just magically coming from? Well, it's it's a sacrifice. You do sacrifice. Or, you know, how are they going to save for college longer term? I don't know. That's another show topic that we'll have to cover at some point. <laughs> like it, it almost all seems negative from the outside looking in. It does. And it's easy to kind of write it off. Well, yeah, of course they got a lot of love. But I think seeing that versus feeling that. Oh, and being right in the middle very, of it. Very, very different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. When you're in the middle of it. That's exactly right. Anyway, I just wanted to ask you a little bit about some of that stuff. Anytime we've got a guest on the show, I'm like, I'm thinking if I'm a listener checking out this podcast, what do I want to know about this person to be able to trust them, to be able to appreciate them a little bit more and what they've got to say? Because if I know where you're coming from, then what you've got to say makes a lot more sense. Agree. Yeah. Because sure. I could have brought on, you know, any pharmacist and said, okay, now give me your top 10 ways to keep medication safe around the house. Uh, you know, it, it would have been just a dry. Like I said, number one. Yeah. No. <laughs> just you no, wait. Uh, yeah, just you wait. Yeah. Right. But so now that we've covered some of that stuff, I actually want to do get into the, the medications and all that, because Great. it is interesting to, to be able to talk about all of this stuff that again, seems kind of bland unless you're having this discussion with somebody who, I don't know, dude, to me, you are, you're very honest and you're very um, personable. And the way that I've gotten to know you, that's been fun. Like you're a doctor, you've got your degree. There is no pretension is that the right word i mean there's no like lofty I, that's, whatever dude that's you're, like the you're best compliment dude. of all time because i always said i didn't you know <laughs> i always say i never got my doctorate to be a jerk to people and like put myself above other people i got it to literally be able to help people more yeah and so i i appreciate that that's yeah yeah well very nice and and i think so now that we've got a little bit of your background and now that i'm sharing kind of the way that i view you and the way that i've gotten to know your family it's just, there's such a reality to it that I know your heart. I know that you are trying to serve people. And so that when we dig into some of this stuff, I'm like, okay, we're going to have a very real, intelligible conversation. You're not just coming up with bullet points that you copied from WebMD or, correct, you know, whatever.com right. or whatever. Like this is, this is real stuff. Sure. And a lot of it is based on not just uh, the education that you've obtained, but also your personal experience as well. Okay. So anyway, one of the biggest things that I think people are concerned about especially now with a lot of the changes in the healthcare system and kind of where we're going and all that stuff is medications and money. This isn't necessarily big family specific, but we'll get into that the way that it relates back to the above average stuff. Um, Let's kick it off with this one. I've got to ask you, why are some medications so darn expensive? The majority of your brand name medications are going to be more expensive than, than their generic counterparts. Not all brand name medications have generics available. And so your brand name medications are going to be higher. Usually you're not going to find them much cheaper than for a month's supply if you're just paying out of pocket $300 or something like that. But, you know, with insurance, it it just depends on your plan and, and that kind of thing. But you're essentially paying when you pay your copays and that kind of thing on brand name medication, you're paying for 
not only the research that has to be done over, you know, 10 or 12 years is almost what it takes to bring it to market, somewhere between 10 and 15 years per medication usually. And so you're not paying just for the research and development, but I know everybody's seen commercials for, you know, you fill in the blank, whatever medication that it is. Those those things during the Super Bowl and all that kind of stuff, those cost money, a lot of money. And so you're not just paying for the research and development and that kind of thing, which is the biggest part of it, but you're paying for this direct-to-consumer advertising that you see on TV and in magazines and that kind of thing, which is unfortunate, but that's that all goes into it. And so that's why you're paying a little bit more for, you know, or quite a bit more for brand-name medications versus versus generics. Gotcha. And uh, so two things there that I, uh, I'd love for you to talk about okay. briefly. So generics versus brand names. Tell us about the, I guess, efficacy. Tell us about efficacy. the, hang on, gotcha. what's that word? Efficacy. Efficacy. Yes. Yeah. Got it. Nailed it. Efficacy. And also, the um, are there any safety risks or anything like that associated with the generics as well? Well, generics, I think the, the FDA line is, the generic has to show effectiveness between 90 and 110% of what the brand name medication See, why didn't does. I just say effectiveness? That's so much better than efficacy. The effectiveness. Yeah, they're sort of the same thing. Oh, just on. It just depends on when you use it. But it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I forgive you today. Um, and so, between 90 and 110%. And so... That means that you may have generics that may be just a touch more effective, or you may have some that may just be a touch less effective, you know, and a lot of times you're not going to hear anybody that's between the 110%, um, but you might hear some, a lot of people between the 90 and 100% where the generic may be just a touch less effective. Those tend to be the louder, the louder group that says, hey, this generic is not really working for me. And then you can also have things where they use a different uh, excipient, which is a fancy word for what they use to pack the tablets or capsules or whatever. And so some of them may have lactose, whereas the brand name didn't. And if you're lactose intolerant, the generic may cause stomach upset for you or something like that. And so there are situations where, you know, a generic may not be exactly like the brand name, but the effectiveness per the FDA and per all the hoops that the generic company has to jump through should be the same. So if you're, whether it's your pediatrician or your doctor, just as an adult, if they, if they send you one direction or another, like, are they going to say, Hey, take the brand name and not the generic? Will they do that? Or is that something that you need to have that conversation with, with your pharmacist? Well, federal law, first of all, states that if there's a generic available, it has to be filled. You have to, unless the doctor says differently, or if the patient themselves requests it differently. And so there are certain situations where I would say um, maybe it would be better to stay on a brand name. Uh, a lot of times the popular one is like organ rejection medications that um, a patient has been on the brand name for a long time and then a new generic comes out. Well, if a patient's, you know, had a liver transplant or something like that, they're taking medication for that, a generic comes out and it's been great for years on this brand name medication, then a lot of times it's recommended for them to stay on the brand name, or if it's something with uh, epilepsy is another popular one. If they've been on an epilepsy medication, been controlling their seizures for years, it's brand name medication, and then it goes to generic. There's a lot of literature out there that says it's maybe better to stay on the brand name medication versus switching to a generic. But it, those those situations are very few and far between okay. where I would say, yeah, we need to really stay on the brand name. That just doesn't happen very often. Gotcha. So besides generic versus the brand name, is there something else that we need to be doing, again, whether it's the, the adult meds or the kids' meds? Is there something else that we should be doing? Like, how do, we, how do we maximize our money 
where where are some places where we can save some cash? One thing that we always do, especially on brand name medications, is to get if there's a brand name medication that comes through our pharmacy, and my technicians are wonderful at this. Shout out to them; they're wonderful. But they, we always look. We have internet access, and we're able to look up coupons. Almost every brand name medication that's out there. There are some exceptions, but almost all of them have a coupon. These manufacturers and that kind of thing on their websites will always have, you know, here, come get your coupon or come get the savings voucher or, you know, let us have your email and address or something like that. And um, then we'll give you a coupon to save you X amount of money or whatever. And so they'll say, you know, they'll have copays as low as $20 or something like that. And so, you know, maybe your copay through your insurance is a hundred dollars, but then that coupon will take it all the way down to $20. And so that's a big way that you can go to whatever website that, you know, let's say that it's um, a good one is Cialis. I've seen frequently in that kind of thing. Cialis has a website where you can go and save $200 on, on your prescription for Cialis or uh, an attention deficit medicine, Vyvanse, you know, you can get online or doctors have coupons for Vyvanse to save you money on those. And so most of those brand names, that's, that's a really big way that you can save yourself a lot of money, especially in these first of the year deductible, you know, high deductible periods of time where you're paying a lot of money out of pocket that can save an exorbitant amount of money, especially at the first part of the year. I think another way that big families end up spending a lot of money on medications is when we all get sick. And that's something, that's something that happens, right? If a kid gets sick or you get sick at work or whatever, and you come back and you bring it home and it spreads throughout and all that. I don't know. You and I were kind of talking pre-show on some of that. Fill us in on where you were going. I mean, I've got four kids, you've got five. And even if I'm bringing home something and I've got a sniffle or something like that, because I see, you know, people are coughing on me and coughing on the counter, on the seats and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so, there's, you know, sick people come into the pharmacy because they need medicine and, and I'm the one that's there and I usually almost always talk to them about the medicine and that kind of thing. And so when they come in, they're sick and that kind of thing. And if I take something home, then what happens is, is that I may give it to my wife or I may give it to a child, not meaning to, but when you love on them or kiss them or you, you know, eat dinner with them or whatever, you know, germs just pass. And so kids' hands are everywhere and all that kind of stuff. And so are they? Yes, they are. Absolutely. Thank you for letting me know that. Um, I'm sure nobody that's listening has ever had to deal with any of this. But when that spreads, all of a sudden, let's say it's something even as simple as the common cold, you know, and everybody gets a cough. Well, cough medicine for kids or antihistamines to help runny nose or something like that, you've got, instead of having to buy, you know, a bottle of Benadryl and for one kid, and maybe that lasts a week or 10 days, if you've got four kids that are having to take the same thing, and all of a sudden, what was lasting you 10 days may last you two days. You know, in two days, you're having to go back and buy more. And so your costs can escalate fairly quickly, especially if you're having to buy either multiple meds or, let's say, even for the flu, God forbid, and you're buying Tamiflu, which even with copays and that kind of thing, you're looking at 50 to to $100 a pop for those things. And if you're buying it for treating and then preventing the flu for the other people, you're looking at three to $600 for your family versus if you only had one, you may be looking at $100, $200. So those things can escalate really quickly. Something else that, that you just mentioned that made me think about um, local shops, local pharmacists versus more the, the chain stores. Uh, you work at a local pharmacy right now. Shout out to Pools. I do. Pools Pharmacy Care. What's up? And you've been there. How long have you been at Pools? It'll be three years in June. Cool. And before that, you were with a major 
drugstore, one that you've heard of. I, I mean, it's not like we're going to dog them or whatever, but you were there for... Uh, over a decade as, a, as an intern and uh, pharmacist. So you know what it's like working at one of the big ones. You know, you now know what it's like working at one of the smaller ones. Is there a, is there a massive price difference going to a local pharmacy versus a, a national chain? There's not. And I mean, most, most of your places have, I think the popular thing is $4 plans, but it's your cheaper generic medications and that kind of thing that they'll give severe discounts on. And you may have getting a, a month supply for four, six, eight dollars or something like that. And then you might have uh, three months supplies or something like that you're getting for 10 to $15 or something like that. And so regardless of where you go, most time that's going to be the same, whether you're going to pools or where you're going to Kroger or whether you're going to Walgreens or wherever. And then on most of your other meds, even generics and brand names, your insurance, wherever you go, for the most part, there are a few exceptions, but for the most part, you're going to be paying exactly the same thing regardless of where you go. And I think a lot of times, you know, if somebody has Caremark, CVS Caremark insurance, CVS's name is on the card, but they their pharmacy really has nothing to do with anything except that's just who their insurance is processed through. But they see that name and people think they have to go to CVS to get their medication. That's really not, that's really not the case. So insurance, cool. if you're dealing with insurance, usually it's going to be the same regardless of what pharmacy that you choose to go to. Gotcha. And I, I do have to say that a lot of this stuff I've heard before. It's a it's a little bit of a refresher course for me, though. Uh, Sarah, if you have listened to the podcast before, Sarah, my wife, she's a pediatric nurse practitioner, but she's been around the medical stuff her entire life. Um, her maiden name is Dan Hauer, and that is part of Dan Hauer Drugs, which is a uh, local pharmacy here in Owensboro, Kentucky, that has been around since 1904. So, gosh. 100 and 112 years is what they're coming up on, which while. is awesome. Yeah. yeah. So that's gone generation to generation to generation in their family. And just speaking to my father-in-law, I've heard some of this. I've heard some of the benefits of the local, the independent pharmacists and what they know and what they can do for you and everything. Again, not not knocking a Walgreens or CVS or Walmart or whatever, but there there is a difference there. Now that you've worked in both of those areas, what uh, what would you say some of those benefits are, Matt? Well, for me, number one, it's my my boss is a family guy. He has four kids himself, has raised an above average family. Yeah, um, and so it's good to work directly for somebody who knows, loves family, has a big family, and understands priorities. It sounds yeah, like yeah. yeah, exactly. And so for me, it the biggest thing for me is it gives where I work now gives me time to be able to spend and develop relationships with people and get to know their families, how best to treat them. Um, the more that you can sit down and get to know, know somebody, get to know their families and that kind of thing, you start to, I mean, you always want to treat people like your family, but the more that you get to know people, the better you understand, you know, when something's wrong with them. Like if you've, developed a relationship with them you get to know who they are when they come in and they're different or they're acting different you know automatically or if they're sick you know uh, you know what medications they're on you know how best to treat them and so it's good to be able to have time to spend to be able to deepen relationships with patients um, because without question that will absolutely make you a better pharmacist and make you more able to treat them uh, more effectively for sure awesome awesome that is that's good to know. Again, a little bit of a refresher for me, but I would think that a lot of people 
this may be the first time that they've they've heard about this or they've considered going to an independent pharmacy. Sure. Just because there's a Walgreens right down the street and it's on the corner. Or, I don't know, they, they maybe have this false assumption that that would be cheaper than going to an independent shop. Sure. When that's not just not necessarily the case, um, I I don't know. I, I was telling you before the show. I've always kind of just had this weird heart or whatever for mom and pop shops. I just love the idea that somebody can start their own store and then all of a sudden it does well, and then they can start another and another and another. And it's not the franchise game. It's not a corporate America kind of thing where I don't know. You have somebody from eight states away and they're looking to buy real estate in your area and then it just becomes homogenous and this part of town feels like I don't know any town USA like I love the idea that small little shops um, they can be bootstrapped and they just happen on their own that grassroots kind of thing I've just always been behind it so hearing you talk about some of this and the explicit advantages the explicit benefits not only to like working there and being that being in that environment but also shopping there like actually getting to know somebody like Matt as opposed to, and I'm not saying this is the case, you know, with your, your pharmacist at a bigger shop. Hopefully it's not the case. I, I know pharmacists who work at larger places and they're great people and they, they speak about their customers the way that Matt is speaking right now. But I think that Matt is incentivized differently than somebody who's working for Walmart. Like you don't, you don't feel like you're replaceable, uh, you know, to the same degree that somebody who could just no. be swapped out. Right? No. And again, I, to me, it was it's all about time. It's it's not that I'm a different pharmacist or a different guy than I was when I was working at a, a chain store because I'm not. But the time that I'm afforded to be able to actually sit down for ten minutes and actually talk to somebody and say, "What's going on? Tell me what. Why are you sick? Is there anybody else in your family that's sick? Are you worried about your grandkids coming over?" And being around you and that kind of thing. I actually have the time to field those questions and actually pry into and see what's going on versus just going to the counter. Hey, this amoxicillin, you need to make sure you take it until it's finished. You know, it's not going to upset your stomach. See you later. It's the ability to sit down, tell them that stuff. Yeah, but then, hey, is your wife sick too? You know, is she having the same kind of symptoms? Is, was she able to go to the doctor? Yes, but she hasn't gone to the doctor yet. Well, make sure you don't share that medicine with her. Mm. Because mm-hmm. you need all of this, and you know, and so there are things that you can prevent, and there are things that you can say, and that kind of thing, and find out that you can end up providing care for the whole family versus just the one person, and that kind of thing. And it, it, it makes that time that you save and you have time to to spend makes a humongous difference, I believe. So your point right there, where you just talked about kind of sharing medications within the family, that reminds me something that we were going to talk about was. Like the the things, the the bullet points or whatever that your pharmacist wants you to know that you may not know, right? Because you just, I, I think in a lot of cases, you may just have this pharmacist who's kind of this invisible player in maintaining your family's health and everything. So you may not hear it from the horse's mouth. And that's why Matt's here, to be that voice, to be like, hey, don't do this, stupid. <laughs> you know, we could, we could be kind of honest. And again, this is... I promise uh, not to say stupid, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, of course nobody listening to this show is stupid. <laughs> Matt's a listener of this show. But you've got a few things that, you know, you would share. Like, if you could just tell all your customers, hey, you guys need to be doing this. What would that list look like, Matt? Well, number one, I always say, and if I've ever spoken in front of a group of people, or if I've had just a conversation, you know, with family members or patients or whatever, number one is always to take your medication, which sounds really basic and that kind of thing. But I think if we were all honest with ourselves, myself included, 
we have an antibiotic or if we have, you know, our blood pressure medicine or whatever that we're taking, it's, it's a big thing to remember to take something every day, especially if it's multiple times a day. And so, and also, especially not, uh, I can't speak to the medical side of this, but I can speak from the human side. Yep. When you get something that you're supposed to take for, I don't know, eight, nine, 10 days yep. and you're feeling great on day five. It's okay. Easy I'm, I'm to just I'm stop. Good. I'm good. And to say, hey, I'm just going to put this in the cabinet and wait till I feel bad again. Oh, yeah. And then I'll finish those because it worked this time. You know, it definitely should be able to work to work next time. So, uh, but I, that's not good. <laughs> it's not good thinking. <laughs> and so, number one is take your medication. And that's, and make sure that you're taking every day, take steps to make sure whatever that's a planner, if that's an alarm, you know, that you put on your phone or whatever, make sure that that's a, uh, a priority to take the medication. And that's extra day. complicated when you've got a kid. That you've oh, got yeah. Sure that well, or if your kid's taking medication, right. if you're taking medication and your child's taking medication, then all of a sudden, not only are you having to remember yours, but you're having to remember your child's medication as well. And if your child takes one and then you have to take one at a different time of the day or something like that, you know, all of a sudden that, you know, juggling act is, is very difficult to do. And so it takes a lot of planning and it takes, uh, you know, sort of a desire and a want to, to try to make that really work for your family. I guess the other thing is that I, pharmacists sort of get a bad rap for just being, all we do is dispense medication. We just stand behind the counter, look at a computer screen, throw some pills in a bottle and slap a label on it and just give it to you, which is my favorite thing to hear from anybody. Um, you just count those pills, yeah, right? Yeah, just put them in a bottle. It's no big deal. Um, and it's not doing anything. Uh, but in all honesty, we're able to, as pharmacists, be, in my personal biased opinion, be a very valuable part of any healthcare team that you have. Uh, doctor, nurse practitioner, physician's assistant, um, you know, chiropractor, physical therapy, whatever. A pharmacist should definitely be right in the midst of that. And so instead of necessarily consulting Google about a medicine or whatever, just call your pharmacist. I promise we would love to talk to you about those things. And the quality of information that you're likely to get is going to be much better. And you're likely to, likely to get more individualized um, information and that kind of thing versus just getting a sort of a laundry list of things that say, you know, this is what you should expect this medicine. But, you know, if you call the pharmacist that you ordinarily go to and have a relationship with, they're going to be able to tell you a lot more individualized stuff about the medication and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, should, you know, be able to tell you better because of that relationship that right. they have with you. And that sounds to me personally important. And then I'm like, okay, well, I'll keep that in mind. It's going back here, way back in my mind. And I may or may not remember that when the time comes. However, with my kids, my kids, that's my number one concern in my life. And that's where Sarah's at too. Like, we've got to take care of our kids. So that's where I'm like, oh, that really makes sense. As a parent, I'll, I'll let my health slide a little bit, but I'm not going to let my kids' health slide. Right, absolutely. And so that, that yeah, that's got a big impact on me. Tell me a little bit about the difference between knowing the pharmacy and knowing your pharmacist? Well, I mean, the the pharmacy in general, I mean, you can go almost, almost anywhere and get whatever medication that you need. You can go to the pharmacy and get an over-the-counter medication. You can get Benadryl, you can get Tylenol, wherever. But it's typically, in, in my opinion, I think the pharmacist typically makes the pharmacy that you go to. I mean, all of them mostly have the same thing. They have drive-throughs, they have counters, they have a place to get greeting cards, they have a place soda to get fountains. 
hamburger yeah. hamburger grill yeah. in the back. Yeah. Oh wait, no, that shout was, out that was to, sixty years ago. No, shout out to Pools in Greenville that has uh, ice cream and uh, cafe and all that kind of Get stuff. Get out. So, yeah, it's like state of the art. It's excellent. What are you doing tomorrow? Are we going to drive there? Are you off tomorrow? If Let's I go. was off, we would go. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, the wraps are excellent. Just just, a, just a shout out again <laughs> to them. Um, the, the pharmacist, in my opinion, makes the pharmacy. You can go anywhere again and get medication, get over-the-counter meds, get you know the little doodads, uh, gifts or cards or whatever. But it's the ability for a pharmacist to walk out on the floor and greet you and say, you know, hey, did you have any questions? about this medication did you have any questions um are you taking any other medication you know that i need to know about because i mean it could really affect what you know what you're getting over the counter and so the desire of the pharmacist to actually pour into your life and that kind of thing get to know you and that kind of thing to me knowing your pharmacy i mean i mean you can know that entity but the pharmacist that's inside that building and that kind of thing to me makes all the difference You've got a couple of bullet points that you wanted to hit on. And this one's really exciting. Medication safety. Well, that's a big deal. But here's why. Yeah. I was going to say it It really matters, just like all this other stuff matters, getting to know your pharmacist. This is stuff that, and again, I'll, I'll, I'll reference our car seat show. This is one of those things that if you've got a bunch of kids, you take a lot of this stuff for granted. Like I, I do. Yeah. I, and I say you. I mean me, I mean Sarah and I, you get a little lax on some stuff, right? Because you were so gung-ho about doing everything completely right, perfectly, flawlessly for baby number one. Then the second one came and you eased up. The third one came, you eased up. The fourth, like we said earlier, is just kind of independent, kind of doing his own thing. And then beyond that, God bless y'all. You know, we'll see you on the other side. I think something like medication safety is one of those things that falls falls down a little bit. And unfortunately, it's one of those that all it takes is one slip, right? Oh, it for, for it to have a long-term... Problems. Absolutely. Uh, right. So, so give us a few, I guess, kind of pointers, just a few quick uh, tips on what the Robinson household looks like because you're more acutely aware than we are. What does that look like? What do we need to be doing for our families? A, a locked cabinet or a box, you know, and again... Not like a cardboard box, but a, a box that actually has a lock on it, or you can put a lock on it, or a cabinet that you can put a lock on. Um, and we have a, a cabinet in our house that houses, you know, ninety-five percent of our medication and that kind of thing. And it's it's elevated off the ground. I mean, our eight-year-old could probably get to it, but it's got a lock that it's even hard for me to get open with my hands. And so it's the ability because I mean, you usually trust your eight-year-old or your seven-year-old and that kind of thing to sort of have free reign of the house and don't have as much oversight as what you may have with your three-year-old or something like that. Right. And so you may think they're downstairs playing with Legos or playing with basketball or whatever. And, you know, honestly, they could be, you know, have found their way to your bathroom or something like that and are just browsing around and you think they're downstairs. And so I think we all know those kinds of things happen, but how important it is to put a lock on that cabinet or box or whatever uh, is very important and to keep it elevated off the ground. You know, little hands are always... You know, that's why, you know, things that are under the sink are such a big deal and that kind of thing. Yeah. And so keeping medications off a, a, a counter, you, you think, oh, I'll, get, I'll put it up later and that kind of thing. Well, if you put it up later, you know, little hands could get to it before you before you get to later. And so even with the cap on, and I've noticed that sometimes we had something, somebody was sick. I, I, I don't know. It might have been Tyler when we did the big helicopter ride and all that stuff. That's, yep. a, that's a story for another time on Above <laughs> Lo- Average. Lovely time. Mm. But it, I think it was something related to that. 
when I think we had a hard time opening the bottle and Katie Beth was able to open it on her own, child safety. But like you said, you know, she was seven. So she's at that point where we, we kind of trust her. She's not going to do anything like that just because we know her well. And that's sure. just not the kind of girl she is. Right. Had that been Mary or Luke at the time, who knows? But it was, that wasn't enough of a safeguard. I'm glad that it was another kind of safety measure right. along the way, but it wasn't sufficient or it wouldn't have been sufficient in that case. Well, as an aside, childproof caps. Now this don't, don't quote me 100% on this, but childproof caps out of, I think a hundred five-year-olds, it's supposed to keep 70% of them out. I think that's, that's the qualification for a childproof cap. Again, five-year-olds and only 70% of them keeping them out. So that means there's 30% of five-year-olds that by the numbers should be able to get those childproof caps open. Not that I'm surprised that some five-year-olds can do that, but 30%? Yeah. You know, if it's anywhere within that realm, I'm, I'm thinking that's... Seventy percent of five year olds at all. Yeah. Can it keeps okay. them out. So I mean if you're dealing with a seven or eight year old, most likely they're gonna be able to get their hands are bigger, they're gonna have the dexterity to be able to do that. So anyway, just a okay. just a heads up on childproof yeah. caps. They're not as childproof as what you might think that they right on. that they are. Again, elevated, keep them elevated and uh, keep it in a locked cabinet or box and that kind of thing. And then for kids, and I try to do this at home, and it's difficult sometimes, is to treat treat medication like medication. Don't ever use it as like a treat or say, uh, you know, I will give you medicine if you'll do this. Treat medication as a serious thing. And regardless if it tastes terrible or if it tastes great, like great Tylenol or, you know, Advil chewables, which are grape and taste great. I mean, there's medicine that technology has done wonders and it tastes great, but it's still medicine. And if you take too much of it, it can harm your child pretty significantly. And so there are kids or there are medicines that taste great for kids and they know that it does, but you have to make sure that you have an element of telling them how serious that the medicine is and that it's actually doing something for them and that it's not to be abused. And I think, you know, you don't tell your three-year-old that, you don't tell your four-year-old that, or maybe even your five-year-old, but once you start getting to six, seven, eight years old, I think that's a conversation that you need to have with them about how serious that this medicine is. And it's not to be, you don't just take vitamins, the gummy vitamins, because they taste good. Yeah, they're gummies. And yeah, it tastes just like a gummy or a fruit snack you might get. But if you ate five or six of those, that could be, you know, you could have some problems with that. And so just treating them seriously is a good, a good thing to start doing, especially for some of your older kids and that kind of thing. And then always have a poison control number available. And uh, I do have it jotted down here for everybody. If you want to get a, a pen and paper out and put it on your fridge, it is 1-800-222-1222. And it may even show up on the show notes. I was going to say. At aboveaverageshow.com. You, you got it. You got um, it. So, again, that's 1-800-222-1222. It's never a bad thing because we always tend to, if a child gets into something, I think we always go into panic mode. What do we do? What do we do? And it's always good to have that number there exactly where you know it is at all times. Actually, if, if, if you need that number, if the situation arises and you need that number, just go Google it. Or better yet, check this out. You can ask Siri to call if you've got an iPhone. You can ask Siri to help you out and say, call poison control. And it 
gives you this prompt and it says make an emergency making an emergency call in five, four, three. And she's oh, she's gonna call. I think it's nine one one in that case. But tell you what, if it's a serious enough situation to where you need to call poison control, it's serious enough to be able to talk to somebody at nine one one too. Yeah, like nine, that's nine one one is not a bad alternative. Right, 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 right. But yeah, that poison control uh, number. It, sure, we'll put it up over at above average. But I was telling Matt earlier we were kind of talking about uh, this point. You know, I, I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus, but I was I was looking at something on Facebook where somebody had posted on there, "Hey, my kid just got into I think it was ant traps or something random like that." What's the number for poison control? The mom asked this on Facebook, and I look, I get it, and it wasn't an extremely grave situation. The kid didn't drink Drano or anything like that. It was ant bait, but still, she was smart enough to think, I need to call poison control, and I need to do it right now, but not thinking clearly enough to... I don't know, just Google the number yeah, instead on, of on your asking phone or for computer something. that you were just using. Yeah. So I, I, I don't take that situation <laughs> lightly, except she did respond almost immediately and say, duh, I, I could have Googled it or I did Google it. I have no clue why I went on Facebook. Test. Anyway, so don't go to aboveaverageshow.com <laughs> and look up the number or whatever. Just ask Siri or just Google poison control. Pop. It'll come right up. Anyway, uh, Matt, I, did you have one more point on this? Yeah, I just, if if like a child is on a regular medication or something like that, or if your child's sick and they're taking the antibiotic or, you know, maybe they might need some Tylenol or ibuprofen for fever, just to help out grandparents or a spouse that might be at home and that kind of thing. Uh, my wife always asks me and, and may call me at work and say, hey, well, how much ibuprofen do I give or how much Tylenol am I supposed to give or whatever? It's always good to have a, a chart for, you know, each kid or something like that. That if they, if they are sick, I mean, it doesn't have to be like all the time. But if you know your kid has the flu or your kid is, you know, has the sniffles or is getting sick or something like that, it's always good to make sure that you have this child needs this amount of medication or whatever. And so and if you don't know how much they need, you don't know how much they weigh or whatever, call your doctor's office, see how much they weigh, call your pharmacist, and I promise you they can give you some dosage instructions about how much to give each kid and that kind of thing. But that's always helpful for, you know, again, spouse, babysitter, grandparent, whoever, that's always a good thing to have so that during when the time when they need it, you're not having to guess or, you know, wonder, do I give this much? Do I not give this much or whatever? And I think that point carries extra weight in our situation because we do have so many kids simultaneously, yep. right? That we're raising. There's a lot going on. Yeah. So who weighs what, when it, it's not a one size fits all thing. It is not. Yeah. 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 Matt, Dude, thank you for your time. I really appreciate you uh, you popping over here to uh, to talk about this. You don't live far away, fortunately. I do not. I do no, not. That's nice. But uh, yeah, just taking a little bit of time out of your uh, your busy life to swing by and share some of this stuff with Above Average. Uh, thank you for listening to the show, too. Absolutely. Uh, Matt is, Matt's one of our, uh, I guess, out of my circle of friends and Sarah's circle of friends, uh, one of our most loyal listeners that we're aware of, because we've got a bunch of friends who have listened to the show and they're aware of it and they probably listen regularly and everything. But Matt gives us feedback. And that's yeah, I, I, I actually I actually enjoy it. I, I think I, I've we've had multiple conversations about how encouraging that it is. And I mean, I live it with you. And so I come over here and we live it together. And, you know, I understand, yeah, yeah. you know, and I see it, you know, living it and that kind of thing. But it's still, you know, good and even to hear what Bobby has to say and that kind of thing that he's going through too. It's an encouragement to say, hey, it's good to know that I'm not the only person that's in this crazy boat. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's nothing 
you know, while I would love to pat myself on the back and be like, yeah, and we're going to bring you all kinds of knowledge. We're going to drop the <laughs> mic on knowledge bombs or whatever. Right. I mean, I'm just, I'm just a dude. I'm just a dad. I like podcasts and I'm like, there's not a family, big family podcast. So I'm going to start one. Let's do it. And that's all it is. And, but we're talking about this stuff and I feel like I could have any single listener come on, share their story, share what they're going through, and it would be just as fascinating, yeah, just great. as interesting for all of us, right? We've we've all got these unique stories that we're telling, that we're creating, that we're growing uh, with our above average families. I did mention the feedback point with Matt. Uh, he's given me some great pointers and some, some great input along the lines of uh, guest suggestions or topic ideas or whatever. If you would like to share some of that stuff, I would love to hear from you. Uh, there are a few different ways to do that. You can go to aboveaverageshow.com slash contact and holler at us over there. You can just email us straight up at theaboveaverageshow at gmail.com, theaboveaverageshow at gmail.com. Uh, hit me up um, at uh, Osborne on Twitter, O-S-B-O-R-N-E. You can give me a shout there. Again, my name's Lance Osborne, and I'm Osborne on Twitter. Matt, do you want do you want to plug your Twitter? Plug my, plug my Twitter. <laughs> hit, hit that. At... The real Danny two thirty three. That may be a different story for a different day. T H E R E A L D A N N Y two three three. You tweet about Kentucky basketball. Kentucky basketball. I think my I think my little tagline is uh, Christ follower, husband, pharmacist, UK fanatic. I, I think that that sums and you that's, up. That's pretty that, darn that's who I am. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that nails it. Uh, you work for Pulse Pharmacy. Why don't you give them a plug real quick, just in case we have anybody in the uh, region that, yeah. that's, that's uh, looking around. Pulse Pharmacy Care uh, here in Owensboro, Kentucky. We're located in the Springs Medical Center Plaza. It's on Parish Avenue here off Route 54 here in Owensboro, uh, just inside the bypass. Uh, if you're, whatever reason, listening in other parts of the, uh, the state, we have a store uh, in Livermore, Kentucky, one in Central City, Kentucky, and then a brand new location in Greenville, Kentucky, as we noted earlier. That the soda fountain. Has, has, has the soda fountain, has ice cream, has a cafe, a little, you know, has some tables to sit down at. And you know have I'm a good serious time. about this, right? This is not Dude, me just being like, yeah. In all honesty, I mean, it, even if I didn't work for the company, the the spot it's downtown Greenville Kentucky great little downtown that kind of thing lots of cool little shops and that kind of thing it's right on that little strip and it's it's just a perfect throwback I mean it's got you know old touches like that but it's super modern looking it's it's state of the art new pharmacy it's great so if you're not you know even remotely close to Greenville Kentucky or Owensboro Kentucky where we are or anything like that if you have one takeaway right from this entire show it would be to get to know your pharmacist or um, you know, while I'm a big proponent of the local pharmacy and all that, I do like that. But if you are a one horse town and you've got your Walgreens or whatever, and that's where you're going just because that's what you're doing. Cool. Great. Get to know the pharmacist there. They can Absolutely. still take care of you. Right. Regar regardless of what pharmacy you go to, the more that your pharmacist knows about you, the better care he or she will take care of you. I, I guarantee you. There's no question. And so the more that you pour into them, the more they pour into you, the the healthier you're going to be. No question. And there's actually studies on that that we could have gotten into and that kind of thing. But it's it's scientifically proven the more that your pharmacist knows about you and you know about he or she, uh, the healthier you are. Awesome. Awesome. Matt, thanks again. I my appreciate pleasure. it. Great to be here. So that was my interview with Dr. Matt Robinson. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please share it with a friend. You can point them to iTunes or the Google Play Store if they'd like to subscribe. Or you can just visit AboveAverageShow.com to learn more about Above Average, the podcast for big families. 
As always, thanks for listening and thanks for being above average. We'll see you all next time.